Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey friends, and welcome to another episode of the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm really excited you're here. We have a special show for you today. It's a little different, so bear with us, but I think you're going to love it. Before we get to the show, I want to remind you that this week was the launch of my newest book, which I wrote just for little kids. It's a board book for ages four to six. It's called God Made You to Be You. And honestly, you guys, it is the cutest thing I've ever seen. And the illustrator is amazing. Your kids are going to fall in love with the characters. They're going to meet Sammy, who is a cactus, who feels sticky stuck right where he is, and he wishes he could do things that his other friends could do, like run and crawl and skip and soar in the air, and he feels a little sad about that. And then his friends come to his rescue and remind him of all the great things that he actually brings to his community. This message of truly believing that God made you on purpose, he made you for a reason, is one that I need to be reminded of over and over, and it is a great starting point and foundation for our young kids. So get the book wherever you get books. God made you to be you. I promise. I really promise you and your kids are going to love this book. Okay, guys, I told you we have a special show today, and we do. In fact, we are airing episode one of season two of On the Other Side. Now, On the Other Side is a podcast that myself and my husband, Aaron Ivey, host. We released season one last year, and we are in the middle of season two right now, and we wanted to give you a taste of what this show is. We both believe that stories, they teach us, they shape us, they mold us into the people that we are today. On the podcast, On the Other Side, Aaron and I sit down with people and we want to hear their stories. We want to hear what it's like on the other side of something. We truly believe that stories have a unique ability to bring people together and that we're all on the other side of something. Today, we are airing for you the show that we released a couple weeks ago that is on the other side of a heart in motion, and that is Amy Grant. You guys, we are so proud of this interview, and it was nothing that we expected. We started talking about an album that she released 30 years ago, but then we talked about a procedure she had done on her heart, and then we talked about a heart change that she had in the past couple of years of seeing what's happening in our world. It's a really great episode. This season, we have had On the Other Side of Heart in Motion with Amy Grant. We've had Mallory Webb who became paralyzed at the young age of 17 or 18 from a medical procedure. We have on the other side of addiction, on the other side of sexual abuse, on the other side of an autoimmune disease, on the other side of winning the voice. We have a really great season two for you. There's something for everyone. Go find on the other side anywhere you listen to podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to this show, you're going to find it there. And then go check out season one where we have some great episodes as well on the other side of divorce, on the other side of reconciliation, on the other side of women in leadership, on the other side of the Rwandan genocide, on the other side of hate, on the other side of coming out. I'm really proud of these two seasons. And so join us. But now we have for you on the other side of Heart in Motion with Amy Grant. It was a long time to stew in my own juices. Mm. I found myself being directed toward books. I'm a strong starter and a poor Mm. finisher Mm -hmm. of many things, especially books. But, you know, because of all of the all of the lenses put on just the the not just racial unrest, but Mm. 
the inequity of opportunity in our life, in our country, in our world. You know, I had to turn that lens toward myself. Life is a journey, and most of it is spent in the in-between, in the middle places. But every once in a while, you find yourself on the other side of something. These are the stories we are telling here. We believe that stories change the world, and we hope that when you hear stories of lives changed, obstacles overcome, lives broken, lives mended, and hope found, you'll actually see yourself in their stories. Now more than ever, we need each other, and we need each other's stories. This is On the Other Side. Hey guys, and welcome to season two of On the Other Side. I'm Jamie Ivey. What's up? I'm Aaron Ivey. And we're so excited about this season. I mean, we have some phenomenal guests coming your way. But oh, yeah. today we are over the top excited about our first guest for season two, and it is the one and only Amy, Amy Grant. Grant. <laughs> Amy Grant. Amy Grant sat down with us. Baby baby. <laughs> baby baby. I'm taking well, Maybe we should just much. play Immigrant doing this. You know, in July of this year, a 30th anniversary edition of her iconic album, Heart in Motion, released all the songs that if you were in the 90s, if you were old enough to be a music lover, then you know probably every single song on this album. Well, they decided to remaster some tracks to include never before released tracks and updated remixes of all of the hit singles. And it is out now. And it is so fun. Fun to get to talk to Amy about her journey. Yeah, so we sat down with Amy and talked to her about what has it been like the last 30 years? I mean, she's been doing music for longer than 30 years, but at least what was it like to release an album that you wrote and worked on 30 years ago? And her insight to music industry then and music industry today, I found entertaining and I'm not even in the music industry. And I found it fascinating. And the fact that she's had longer than a 30 year career as a musician and artist is just absolutely extraordinary. All right, y'all, here is our conversation with Amy Grant on On the Other Side of a 30-Year-Old Album. Amy, welcome to On the Other Side. We're so happy to have you here. Thank you. This is exciting, and I know that in July of this year, you released an album that you released 30 years ago, which we all know, especially in my generation, for sure. Oh, yeah. This was, you know, big, um, Heart in Motion. It came out in March of 1991, just a conglomerate of lots and lots of awards. And here you are releasing it again. And I would love to just hear from you. What was the thinking behind saying, I want to take this much beloved album that so many people loved, and then I want to put it out again. What was the thinking process? process behind that? Well, I'd like to say it was my idea. (laughs) (laughs) But at this point in my life, I'm not making as much new music. I might again. I'm just not right at the moment. And so, you know, I'm sure people who have been invested in my music career want to have some kind of, hey, she's still going. (laughs) (laughs) And so it was not my idea to do the 30th anniversary, but I was so glad to have opportunities to go back and visit with the songwriters, the engineers, the producers. We just treated ourselves to a walk down memory lane. And it's Mm, funny because I look back on it and go, hey, a lot of records come out over the decades. Some sell a lot more than that. But for those of us in Nashville, that record, for a lot of us, it was the first launch into a pop presence that mm-hmm. the music community that we revolved mm-hmm. in. It was, you know, our first home run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And anyway, and it was just so much fun. That sort of changed the trajectory for a lot of us. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad 
to be 60. I'm so glad I'm not 30, mm. right in the middle of all that. <laughs> beautiful mayhem. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> when you look at the songs as a 60-year-old woman, looking back on, you know, the songs that you sang when you were 30, what do you feel different or what do you love? What is different about them now to you? Oh, goodness. I mean, that wasn't just half a lifetime ago. That was <laughs> lifetimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A really beautiful sort of full circle moment was 4th of July, my daughter, Millie, by the way, who I wrote Baby Baby for with King mm. Thomas. And mm. I was pregnant with Millie during the writing of most of this record. Mm. You know, for us performing mothers, you sort of write and do studio work when you're, you know, up till delivery, <laughs> breastfeeding, <laughs> right. and you work like right. mad to get your figure back and then you tour. And yeah. so I went on tour, you know, rehearsal started before, she, you know, when she was one. Anyway, all of that to say that Millie, Fourth of July weekend, sent out a message to my whole family. I'm expecting a baby. Mm, that's and to amazing. me, that was unplanable. <laughs> right, just so, right. I mean, I was already just thinking there were, I don't know, you know, beautiful full circle moments in mm -hmm. life, but she just, you know, put the icing on the cake. That is mm. beautiful. Amy, it's almost unheard of that someone gets the privilege of being an artist and a musician, songwriter for this long in their life. You know, you just don't hear about people having that kind of long career. So first, congratulations. And I think it says a lot about just your love for the art and the significance of it. When this record came out in 1991, I mean, it was an overused word, but it was groundbreaking. It was so fresh and so different. And I'm wondering when 1991 was happening, did you know that this album was going to be something so special, something that could last 30 years and then be released 30 years later and it still be something people were really excited about and moved by? Did you know that that was going to come? Of course not. None of us know anything ahead of time. But I know I had been making music at that point for over a decade. Mm -hmm. But there were a lot of firsts in that record for me. It was the first time I had ever worked with multiple producers. It was the first time I had like mutual interest from the two record companies that I was signed to. Mm -hmm. Like they both kind of had an equally vested interest in it. And I guess it was because it was the first time I had presented songs that, I don't know, I felt like if it were a fishing trip and, you know, even writing a song, it just feels like you're always casting your line out there, waiting for a nibble, yes. waiting for that next line. Yes. And even finishing a song in the studio just feels like just trying to get a bite, you know? Yes, yes. And with that one, you know, I was back and forth between three studios. We were just trying to be expedient with time because I was mother with young children mm -hmm. and in a pretty rigorous touring pattern up to that point with a limited time to make a record right and all of that anyway but it felt like just it could just congealed in a way that all of a sudden we went oh this is really special mm, yeah, like you don't yeah. work any harder or any less hard on any project you know it's just like blood sweat and tears for everything and then you all of a sudden i don't know if it felt like anything it felt like we just went oh my gosh like i think we hooked a big one hmm Hmm. And it was kind of everything. And at that point, you know, if, if you've ever been deep sea fishing, you know, everybody's like, I'll take a turn. But then more and more energy kept piling on like different departments at different at A&M Records. We need to service this to the club scene. We need to remix this. We mm -hmm. like people that had not really had a vested interest in what I had done before said, give me a chance with that. Let mm -hmm. me take that to my world. Let me take it. And so it just felt like such an amazing experience of community, even between those two record companies that had such great respect for each other. Mm -hmm. But by this time, they were 
five or six years into a dual recording contract relationship right. with me, right. but they'd never felt like, oh, everybody grab Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and it really felt that way. And I've made a mm. lot of music. I've never had that same experience happen again. Mm. And to me, mm. it just felt like everybody is always orbiting with their own energy at their own speed. And every once in a while, all the orbits at the same time will just mm. whoosh yeah. around. Yeah. 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 Like when you're singing and the windshield wipers are never with, and then all of a sudden they're with the beat yeah, for just yeah. a little while. And, and then they're like, all, yes, <laughs> yeah, we yeah. did it. Yeah, we did it. And well, that's what I, it felt like. I think it's important for people that maybe don't know about music, you know, culture in the 90s. It wasn't really common that you could cross genres, that you could have, you know, a Christian artist making pop music. Now in 2021, that's kind of been normalized, but then it wasn't. And that's why this album, I think, is one reason why it's so special. And the songs that were on it were so special and hit such a wide audience. How much like pushback did you get from that in the 90s of wanting to do an album like that? I didn't really, I mean, in retrospect, I'm sure there was pushback, but unlike today, you know, we all kind of were in our own mole run and I was working so hard. I have so many fantastic, great stories from that time, but they were not like, you know, there was no social media, right? Uh, people just showed up, mm. that, you know, and so I guess whatever was happening you know, positively or negatively, it was just enough degrees of separation for mm -hmm. me that I just heard about it, but it wasn't like, <laughs> it wasn't affecting how I woke up and went to sleep every day. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Can you <laughs> Don't imagine? Don't you wish you could go back to those days, Amy? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, now everything is like instant outrage where, you know, everybody is a critic. So it's hard yeah. to even imagine a time where you didn't have that instant access to both like applause and criticism. I, did that help the art kind of be more natural and be just more straight from you and the heart without listening to feedback on a daily basis on a Twitter feed or Instagram? It had to have been. I mean, I think all of life was lived in a more private way. Mm. You know, we were all kind of in our own creative silos and it made the community that was immediately around you. They had the loudest voice. Yeah. And I just, I can't stress enough. I loved that community. So Keith mm. Thomas had the two opening cuts on that record. Well, the first time I ever assembled a band and played, you know, before that it was me, me and a guitar player, sometimes singing to accompaniment tracks, which was never very exciting in my book, but <laughs> putting a band together in college, Keith Thomas played keyboards. Wow. And so this was 10 years after that. I had known him for a long time and we'd been friends, but never had not worked together. And he was so far ahead of his time in the programming mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. you know, and he came out of the Southern gospel world. He grew up, oh, in, wow. I mean, he grew up in rural Georgia no running water. I mean, he talks about hmm. his childhood, but he was just like this music computer whiz. And he pulled out the computer that he did all that programming with. And it looks like something from Lost in Space. I mean, yeah. it, looks, <laughs> it looks like a set prop. It is right. ancient of days. And then Michael O'Mardian, I had worked with him doing a recording a song with Peter Satira back in 1986. You know, this mm. was five years after that, four years when we were right. making the record. But he had said, oh, we should work together sometime let's come on, let's do something that's yours. And so it just all came together in such a beautiful way. It was just the right time for all of us. Mm. And it was just fun. It was just this fun, healthy, friendly competition. What does your song sound like? 
oh, hey, well, hey, we need to kind of up our game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because everyone knew each other. We were all friends. That's we so just, amazing. It was so fantastic. That's yeah. so great. That's do you so think great. that kind of music culture is lost or do you think that we can have that again? There are beautiful things about every stage. Mm. I mean, we have access to each other now, like us right now. Mm-hmm. You're in Austin, I'm in Nashville. Yeah. And I can see your dimples when you smile. <laughs> They're you pretty know? awesome. Her dimples are awesome. <laughs> they are. And, you know, during COVID, you would see people participating on the same musical project from around the world. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. I can't believe we live in a time where we're so connected mm. and there's like everything there's a beautiful side to that and then there's the other side of the coin it's always mm. been that way would i do i want to go back in time Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. yeah but that was the best to me that was yeah. my, one of my yeah. favorite recording experiences that's awesome and i love that we get to experience it all over again you guys in january of 2024 i made a commitment to myself i wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Speaking of COVID, it canceled tours and you're going to go back on the road. And I would love to hear, do you love being on the road? Do you love touring? And like, what excites you about standing up and singing all these songs with so many people that love them? I do love being on the road. I've always loved packing a bag. And also for every person that travels for work, I think there's a part of us that kind of fantasizes about what would it be like if I could actually wake up every day in the home Mm -hmm. that I love yeah yeah my miss and and covid gave us all that gift it's true i read an article i can't even remember the magazine that it was in but roseanne cash wrote it and it was right when covid was had everybody staying home and it was her feelings about not being able to do the, the thing that she'd always had a love-hate relationship mm-hmm. with and you know i do love touring but suddenly when it was like nobody can do this, then you get so protective of your attachment to it. And so how I feel now going back out is 
even though we've all tried to sing and stay in shape, like whatever all that mental, emotional musculature is mm-hmm. gone. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, can we lower that another half step? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, there's something kind of cool about that too. You know, yeah, yeah. I think everybody's game face has been permanently removed in a way, you know, we've mm. just all had to take a long, good, hard look yeah. at ourselves. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, so I hope we all come together a little more open I think that that will happen. Yeah. Another thing that you went through in the past couple of years is you had a major surgery and I was mm-hmm. reading about it today and I read about how this even came about that you just went to the doctor with Vince and the doctor's mm-hmm. like, hey, how about we do this for you? So tell us how that all went down. Yeah. Christmas of 2019, Vince and I were in the middle of a crazy hectic schedule doing our Christmas residency at the Ryman Auditorium and mm-hmm. somewhere in there he had squeezed in. I really, he went to the doctor because his dad died at 65. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think anytime you're approaching the age when one of your parents died, you know, you're just like, (gasps) yeah, Yeah, anyway, so he had done all these tests and I just went with him to get the test results, Hmm. you know, and I am married to a cheeseburger loving man. Uh (laughs) I'm sitting there going, that doctor is about to read you the ride. (laughs) (laughs) And the doctor just looked at him and said, buddy, I can't believe it. Your arteries are clear. Just exercise and eat better. Wow. You know, so we were like, way to go. And yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, we were, it was time to go. And the doctor turned to me and said, hey, we need to check you out. And I was like, me? I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I know. I love being active and I eat healthy. And yeah, I just was said, well, not now. It couldn't be busier. And he said, well, it's the first of the year. Hmm. And so, you know, I said, okay. So I went in the first week of January and, and I thought, oh, I don't want to get on a treadmill. It sounds awful. Right. It's faster and steeper, yeah. you know. And anyway, and he, I didn't do a treadmill test. I did this kind of an interesting battery of tests. I'm not mm-hmm. sure why he ordered what he ordered and they discovered a birth defect. And then he was like, we got to do this before the year's up. And then COVID hit and the whole world slowed down. And right. as soon as the hospitals opened up, they put me in. Wow. And did I read that left untreated, it would have been fatal? Yes. He said, I probably, he didn't say this to me, but I actually read an article about, uh-huh. there must've been not a lot going on that day that they <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, but he said she probably would have made it to 62. Wow. Wow. I'm 60. I know. Mm. I was like, no, well, that's not the way I think about it, about my life, you know. Right. Yeah. But, you know, none of us know. I've got a friend, a young woman who's having heart surgery today. Yeah. And she's young. So, yeah, everything that happens to us, I think, with time just sensitizes us to life and the blessing of every day. It's so true. Absolutely. It's so true. That season, COVID changed so much for all of us, like you mentioned. And then even, you know, heart surgery. Can you think of like maybe one or two things that like it profoundly changed, this season changed in you that you feel like you're going to be carrying, you know, for the next 10 years in a good way or, you know, in a way that sharpened you or refined you? Are there things that stick out like this was a defining changing moment and this is what it changed in me? Yeah. Can I ask that of you too? <laughs> sure. sure. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. How long yeah, do we have? Got, yeah. No, you answer first. And then okay. It, I'll, I, okay. I'll, we'll answer. Yeah. yeah. So I saw we have individual answers. <laughs> I saw that you and Vince have been married for 21 years. We just hit 20 mm-hmm. okay. and COVID was our hardest year of marriage. Hands ever. down. Ever. There were lots of circumstances that came into it. We were even writing a book on healthy marriages <laughs> That's during the worst year of our marriage. Yeah. So, That's but I think great. for us, one of the things, even having to slow down, was we had to reevaluate like, 
we both travel for work as well. We had to reevaluate what are the things that are important? What do we not want to go back to? And we had to think like, how do we conflict manage? After being married for 20 years, we mm-hmm. thought we had this down mm-hmm. and now we have new conflict. Yeah. So that was probably ours. Yeah. And for me, I was diagnosed with clinical depression and it's something that I, you know, kind of knew there was always something that felt a little off, but mm-hmm. I'm like an achiever, an artist. Let's just get stuff done. Let's keep moving forward. And then, like you said, when the world just kind of stopped, you kind of have to deal with some things that have always been there. Now you have the space. You got no coping mechanisms to kind of go to. You're just by yourself <laughs> looking at a tree, wondering <laughs> what you're going to do for the next you know, month. That really kind of like blew up in my life. And that was a major change. That was a major thing that I had to wrestle with and, you know, get help with medication and with counseling. And it's Mm -hmm. been better, but that was a very new thing for me. I'm like the optimist in the family. I'm like, everything's cool. Everything's fine. And then to have to deal with, no, no, everything's not. And I'm actually really broken. That changed me. Mm -hmm. There's our counseling session, Amy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, I think all of us doing in our own juices and Honestly, for those of us who really have tried to live an open life full of compassion toward ourselves and others using language of respect, which I have tried to do, it was a long time to stew in my own juices. Mm. I found myself being directed toward books. I'm a strong Mm. starter and a poor Mm. finisher Mm -hmm. of many things, especially books. But, you know, because of all of the all of the lenses put on just the, not just racial unrest, but Mm. the inequity of opportunity in our life, in our country, in our world. You know, I had to turn that lens toward myself Mm. and I made it partway through a book called Me and White Supremacy. Mm. And just to think through my the atmosphere in my great-grandparents' home, my grandparents' home, the home I grew up in, the home I created, to, you know, things that I don't even know what to say except for, you know, when you live in the land of the haves, Mm -hmm. your attention has to be brought to not everybody got the golden ticket. Mm -hmm. And I think because I have tried to live a lifestyle of giving and to, I don't know, but there was a lot of, Mm. I mean, it just continues. I, I don't know. You know, in the end, none of us sees the big picture, Mm. but we're all part of the problem and we're all part of the solution. That's right. And it's so important for us to listen to each other. And it's so important to not posture. And it's so important to not, at some point, you cannot worry about how your words are. You just have to lunge forward with curiosity and say, what next? Mm. Now, what do we do? Mm. And I mean, to me, a real gift of COVID has been the invitation to find language and to use the opportunity to say, hey, when I walk into a room, I represent 60-year-old white women. Mm. In some circles, that's like, hey, my aunt, my grandma just walked in. Oh, I love this. In another circle, it's like, "Uh uh-oh. And to go, when I walk in, regardless of everything I've done right or wrong, I walk in representing a people group (laughs) Mm. that needs a lot more open discussion with other people groups. Mm. And to me, that's really been the biggest gift. And honestly, it's even come down like Vince and I have had the most opportunity to talk about Mm. things, you know, Mm. like every couple, you know, we don't bump heads a lot. When we bump heads, it's 
you know, earth shattering. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know, just like there's something about the deep gut-wrenching humility of seeing that you are part of a cultural problem that Mm. you don't even realize you're playing into. That's real sorrow. Mm. That's deep. That same kind of humility, you realize you can be married for a while and that somehow kind of escapes the relationship you're part of every day, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, we are finding new language to say this dynamic that is a little unsettling with us, you know, I know I'm part of that dynamic and I Mm -hmm. I can't see myself clearly enough to know how I'm playing into this. Mm -hmm. But for somebody who's grown up sort of always feeling like I was trying to put my best foot forward, I'm trying to be welcoming of all of myself. Mm -hmm. I don't know how this is going to come across, but I mean, from the time I was a teenager, I was like, do your best, do your best, best foot forward, best foot forward. And nobody is you know, we're all such a mix of our best and worst. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. my recent mantra has been, okay, let's make this a safe environment. I'm just going to gently ask the inner bitch to come forward. <laughs> <laughs> Show your ugly self. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Show your ugly self and at least say, you know, this is what I'm struggling with. Yeah. So that, that's hard work to do that. What well, is, And it's also just, you feel like, it's like cleaning out your closet. It's never a job that's finished. And it always looks worse before it gets better. And sometimes yeah. it looks so bad and then it looks good for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it looks bad again, you know, but that's just life. That's life and being human. And to me, that was really the gift of COVID. You know, you talked about just mm. like, you know, all of a sudden without all the distractions that I think most creative people, there is a kind of depression that circles Mm. around the edges and flows through the middle of us at times because, and that's, that also, that's a great access to compassion Mm. for yourself and other people, you know? I mean, you know, that feeling when you've like just had a a real, real, real hard cry about something. And then afterwards you're just, you sort of have a headache, Mm -hmm. but you feel better and you're, Yeah. Like exhausted and you're, nobody has any makeup left on anymore. And <laughs> yeah. Everything is kind of puffy and red mm-hmm. and swollen, but you also feel cleansed in a way. Mm. You know, it's just like the snot has been blown out, but you're just fully present. Yeah. Mm. A little unsturdy, but very there. Mm. Yeah. And to yeah. me, that's how, you know, that was a beautiful thing that happened in COVID, or at least the invitation was there. Yeah. The yeah. invitation was there. Yeah, that's really good. I'm so thankful that you and a lot of other people responded to that invitation and said, yes, I'll wade into those really difficult and murky waters because we're on the same journey too of learning a lot about ourselves, learning a lot about our past. And like you mentioned, how families raised families that raised families that now we are, you know, in the middle of that story. And so I'm just really thankful that that has been going on in you and with you and more inspiring than, you know, your songs or your art, I think is that posture of being a 60-year-old woman saying, I'm still learning, I'm still growing, I'm still changing. That's awesome. That's beautiful. I hope Mm. that we all say that until the last breath. Yeah. Amy Grant, thank you so much. This album that you released this year is wonderful all over again. We get to relive it all over again. And we loved it then. But more than that, thank you for just being who you are and and having a conversation with us that matters and is inviting to other people to kind of take that same invitation that was offered to all of us. And so thank you. Yeah. Thank you. 
I absolutely loved our conversation with Amy. I, I just found her to be so gentle, like yeah. such a just a lovely person to talk to. Such an honor to get to talk to her. And uh, I mean, it kind of felt like crazy, right? Like thinking about the 90s, yeah. listening to these songs. I mean, I was in high school. Oh, I remember. When Heart in Motion came out. Yeah, Baby Baby, mm-hmm. and That's What Love Is For, Every Heartbeat. I mean, I remember these songs oh, yeah. and love them. And I also remember what you asked her about was that transition for her being really one of the first Christian CCM, CCM artists artist, yeah. to take that leap over into the secular world. Yeah. And she did it what we thought seamlessly. And it was even interested to hear how different it was then without the social media that she didn't feel the tension. That sounds kind of awesome, doesn't it? Right. To like live in a world without social media. It sounds lovely. Oh my goodness. It sounds great. But we also love it as well. But I was a little nervous to talk to Amy a Grant little. because it's Amy Grant. Yeah, it's Amy Grant. And I too found her lovely and excited about introducing our daughter, Story, to an album that we listened to when we were in high school because I think Story's going to dig this music for sure. Yeah, I thought the last few minutes too where she kind of was really open about what she's learning about herself a surprise. I don't think I imagined the conversation going there, but I was really thankful for what she said and how honest she was in that. It's one of my favorite things that can happen in an interview is when you have an idea of where the show might go and it might go there, but then one little question, one little moment, and the next thing you know, you're sitting on someone's vulnerability that you never expected to have. And I was grateful that Amy was willing to go there with us and I appreciated her words and it was inspiring to me. I thought she was joking when she said, I'm going to ask you that question first. Me and she too. flipped it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, no, she's serious. But I really enjoyed talking to Amy. You know, when you talk to a person like that, you realize that that person, Amy, is much deeper than just the songs that she creates, even though the songs have been awesome. I just love getting able to talk to an artist that has like so much depth and thinks about things in a really deep and beautiful way. Well, welcome to season two of On the Other Side. We've got 11 more great interviews coming at you uh, where we talk to people about being on the other side of the Oklahoma City bombing, being on the other side of uh, food saving their their life, uh, being on the other side of paraplegic, being on the other side of winning the voice. I mean, we've got some great episodes coming at you. And so make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts and go find us on Instagram as well. We are at On the Other Side Pod. Today's show was mixed and edited by Aaron Campbell. Show notes were written by Abby Castell. Show graphics and videos were made by Rachel Ray. And the show is produced by Lindsay Sweeney. Please share this show with a friend if you loved it. It's how most people find out about podcasts. Thank you for listening to On the Other Side with Jamie and Aaron Ivey. Okay, friends, I hope that you love that show as much as Aaron and I did. We left that interview going. That was amazing. So go find On the Other Side wherever you listen to podcasts. We'd love it if you subscribed. We'd love it if you shared with a friend. We would love it if you left a rating and review because that is how more people find podcasts. Wherever you're listening to my voice right now, whether that's Spotify or Stitcher or iTunes, just go right now and search On the Other Side. Hit that subscribe button. Hit those uh, four stars, five stars, six stars, however many you can give us. And we would love to hear your kind words with a review as well. Thanks so much for listening to the Happy Hour Jamie Ivy podcast. We are truly grateful for every single story that we get to share with you, every encouragement we get to bring to you, and every opportunity we get to point us all to Jesus. If you're loving this show, we would appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and or review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, tell your friends. That is actually the number one way that people find out about our show because you tell them. 
Join us right here every Wednesday and Friday for meaningful conversations that make us think, make us laugh, and point us to Jesus. Also, come find me on other places around the internet as well. I love Instagram. I'm at Jamie Ivy, And we've been having some fun posting videos on YouTube as well. Sometimes you wish you could see the person I'm interviewing. Well, come over and find us there and you can. JamieIvy.com slash YouTube. The Happy Hour is produced by Lindsay Sweeney. Show notes are written by Abigail Castell. Graphics by Rachel Ray. The show is edited by the team at Podshaper. And I'm your host, Jamie. And I love every single week that I get to be here with you guys. Until next time, have a happy hour with a friend. 